All right, get your seatbelts on. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I am your host, Brian Pointer. Very, very excited. It's Indiana State Fair time. Who doesn't like a good corn dog, pineapple whip, elephant ear, uh, dairy barn, walleye sandwich? That's just that's just what I know I'm having. So never know what I'm going to run across. But regardless, it is August. Hard to believe, but we have a great show here this weekend, as we do try to do each and every week. Cindy Stites, award-winning outdoor writer, colleague uh, as a Hoosier outdoor writer and communicator. Avid, avid, avid squirrel hunter. She's so avid, she has a, some art. She has some ink on her forearm of a squirrel. It's very cool, actually. But it's it's part of her DNA. It's part of what she does. She's got a long, rich history with her family, and I love it. And she's going to be talking about squirrel hunting in the state of Indiana, believe it or not, two weeks away. And that starts the traditional hunting seasons here, which is always good. We've got the Indiana State Fair. She's out at the building, and we're going to be talking to her about that. A little later on, it's National Shooting Sports Month. Nothing could be more worthy. And the National Shooting Sports Foundation is going to be joining us. And Marty Benson is kind of a behind-the-scenes ad hoc extemporaneous member of the Indian Outdoor staff. That would be me. And he is helpful to me behind the scenes as the director of communications for our Department of Natural Resources. But today he's on because the shine is on him today as an award-winning article, national article that appeared in Outdoor Indiana Magazine. So as you can see, we've got a great big show. I don't want to take any time from Cindy because she's always got great stories and great insights, plus all the other stuff to come. Remember, we are brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to SaveLives.org. Back with Cindy Stites right after this. Well, happy August. Man, I'm old because now I just go, where did the time go? It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I, your host, Brian Pointer. Many thanks for all the stations that carry us and most importantly, that make this show possible, Indiana Donor Network, driven to SaveLives.org. Sign up to be that organ and tissue donor when you buy your hunting and fishing license. Couldn't be any easier. And speaking of hunting and fishing, the traditional start of hunting season is August 15th, which is the opening of squirrel season. And, you know, it's one of those rites of passages for so many people and so many traditions. And it's hard to believe that we are upon the gateway of a new hunting season. No better person to visit with today than one of my favorite outdoor writers and award-winning outdoor writer, Cindy Stites. She's the Wildlife Recruitment Program Manager at the Department of Natural Resources. And you probably are the one person I know that is most excited about the start of squirrel season because you're really good at it and you really like it and you've got a passion for it. So we're going to talk about that and anything else you'd like to talk about. Cindy, how you been? I've been good. I've been... Uh hanging in there it's been an interesting summer for me but yeah i'm i'm excited for squirrel season and hunting seasons right around the corner well you and i both have gone through some uh some bone bone changes in our body i got a new hip you got a new knee and i know you've been putting in the time and struggle bus with that but uh, hopefully you'll be able to get out and roam around the woods a little bit yeah, I don't think I'm, I've been thinking since actually probably the day after I had surgery of how I'm going to manage deer hunting and squirrel hunting. It's it's probably not the priorities I should be putting first, 
but those are the things I keep <laughs> I keep thinking about. Like, okay, where am I going to hunt this year that I don't have to climb up big hills or the sides of cliffs or you know so on and so forth. So I'll manage. I don't think there's anything that's going to keep me out of the woods. Well, I know how much Montana means to you, and I think you had to forego a trip out there this year, but probably good to stay close to home and get some some time in the woods and do. My best thinking actually comes when I'm just sitting in the woods watching it come alive in the morning or listening to the birds and chirping and the you know the uh woodpeckers going and all that other good stuff so there's a lot of therapy that can be had in the woods you know that uh yeah that is probably the the place that i am able to kind of just reset the most i think that you know even if i go out to hunt there's a lot of days i go out i just sit i just sit and watch the deer walk by and i can learn a lot from their behavior and i can learn a lot from what the squirrels are doing and and I don't feel bad when I walk out of the woods and I don't take something home with me because I've gotten a lot more out of it than just, you know, whatever animal I decided to take home that day. I, I don't I don't have to take anything home to be happy after a day in the woods. I understand. So we're going to take your official DNR hat out just for a moment. We're going to talk about squirrel hunting because I know it's a passion of yours. A lot of folks uh, take first-time hunters out in the woods because it's, it's not overly complex. But let's demystify it just a little bit. What are some of Cindy's... <laughs> Cindy Stites's secrets say that 10 times real fast on how to uh, be a successful or an enjoyable squirrel hunter. You know, for me, I think I just keep it simple. I don't I don't use squirrel calls. I don't use anything extravagant, you know. I I use a a 22 rimfire rifle. I do take my binos with me. I have a bino harness that I can carry my binos around pretty easily. I just think some days, some days the squirrels are really easy to find, and other days you really kind of have to look for them. But you don't have to have anything super fancy to go squirrel hunting. I think if you just throw on a pair of jeans and, you know, even a neutral colored sweatshirt or coat, and uh, if it's during deer season, obviously you want to wear orange. Uh, early, early squirrel season, you don't have to, but once uh, firearm season for uh, deer come in, then you definitely want to have orange on the rest of the season. But you know, you can take a lanyard to put your squirrels on. If you get lucky and get some, you can wear a vest that has a pouch in the back. Um, it, it, you can take a, an old Kroger sack. It, it, it really doesn't matter. You don't have to go all out on equipment for squirrels. As long as you have a rifle that's sighted in or a 20 gauge shotgun that you feel comfortable with, that's really all you need. And as far as my secret, I don't I don't know that it's much of a secret. I just go in and sit down on a log and I sit for 15 I'm good minutes at that. and wait for everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be really good at it this fall. <laughs> but you just go in and sit down and kind of wait for the woods to to calm down and anything you might have scared away while you're walking through the woods will kind of poke their heads back out and go back to business and then you just kind of look for them. Well, I know that the uh, Indiana Hunting Guide is out. We've talked about this a couple times already on Indiana Outdoors. It's available where you are this week and working out at the Indiana State Fair and the DNR uh, building out there. But there's an emphasis on squirrel hunting and kind of reintroducing the, the mystery, the magic, the enjoyment, the simplicity of squirrel hunting. And I know you had a big part in that. And I think that's fantastic because it's kind of a lost it's a lost art. There's people that are passionate about it like you. And then there's others who are like, well, I'll make it out. Well, you know, I, when I was told that the focus of the hunting guide was going to be squirrel hunting, I don't know that there was really anybody that was more excited than, than <laughs> myself, other than maybe Amanda Wiesfeld. She was probably more excited than I was. But it, would be, it was a darn close, close uh level of excitement for the both of us because we both just love squirrel hunting and she hunts with her dogs she's got the spice dogs that she hunts with and 
I just hunt by myself. And but yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's one of those things that people don't think about. And there's a there's a idea that squirrels are kind of dirty and they're not good to eat, and that just couldn't be further from the truth. Um, they're easy to clean. They're easy to cook. There's a million different recipes you can make with squirrel. And honestly, if people just think of what they would make with chicken, you can pretty much translate that into squirrel meat. Squirrel and noodles is probably my favorite thing that I make with squirrel. Um, Chance, my partner, he likes to broil them. We like to put them in the Instapot. There's been times we put them in the Instapot and we were going to have a big meal at the table and we end up standing at the counter picking them out of the Instapot and eating them while we're standing there. I love so it. They're just, they're, they're good table fare and I think there's a big misconception that they're not. Well, I'm glad to hear that I'm not the only wacko that eats standing up and I make this nice meal <laughs> and, and pick at it. But I think I'll tell you what what's done it for me over the last I've like you like many my dad took me out squirrel hunting and it's easy barrier to entry you've got either a 22 or a 20 gauge shotgun if you don't have one I'd be surprised but somebody next door to you probably does and I'm sure they'd let you borrow it you walk into the woods you enjoy you listen to the bark of the squirrel you listen to the things falling off the trees you see what you can do if you're fortunate enough to put them in the pot like you they're very very good to eat and what's done it for me and the importance of a squirrel is when you watch these Alaska survival shows and they're so thrilled to get these little tiny squirrels and you look at it after they field dressed it and you go wow there isn't a whole lot on there but on the other hand when you need to eat the squirrel's always there so it's a good opportunity all the way around yeah and you know you can get five squirrels a day and generally if you can get lucky enough to get five squirrels in a day that's enough to make a meal for a couple people yeah you know if you have your sides and some other things to add to it or it's perfect if you're going to do a pot of squirrel and noodles um you just basically are going to boil that squirrel down if you want to make uh something where you pick the meat and then just pick the meat like you would chicken and it's yep. I, I don't know i uh, it's amazing to me that people have the the thought that maybe they're not not good to eat and they think of them more as on the long sides of a rodent but they're just they're honestly i I have a hard time saying that squirrel hunting is not my absolute favorite type of hunting because and people look at me funny they're like what you go to montana and you hunt mule deer yeah and i love mule deer and i love whitetail and someday i'm gonna hunt elk if my knee lets me but I don't think anything's going to take the place of squirrel for me. Well, it's just like, you know, your first love. You never forget. And it's like riding a bike. I'm going to pick all kinds of bad radio analogies here, but it's just fun. <laughs> it's enjoyable. And like Amanda, the director of our Division of Fish and Wildlife, she loves squirrel hunting. You've already referenced her and her dogs. I've never done that, but I'd like to see it. There's just something therapeutic about getting in there and enjoying. Let's pivot real quickly here because you're out at the fair, always well, uh, all the divisions all the programs are all well represented out there but in your day job tell me what you're thinking about as kind of r3 remind people what that is and what you've been doing so in the r3 program i'm the court or the um the supervisor for the r3 program for the state of indiana division of fish and wildlife and essentially what r3 is is recruit retain reactivate and um it's to i guess narrow it down and make it pretty simplified it's basically it's my job and my staff's job to ensure that if the people have an interest to go into the outdoors and learn certain skills that have to do with hunting fishing trapping and recreational shooting then we provide that opportunity for them we give them the education we give them the background um, we can have in-person events uh, we have online learning that we want to put together there's a lot of different ways to r3 but r3 is also bigger than that it's 
social media posts. It's anything that we put out to the public that offers education or offers opportunity. It's the hunting guide, the fishing guide. People a lot of times think that R3 is only events, and actually events are a big part of it, but that's not all of it. Anything that we do that puts that information out to the public is going to be R3 related. Cindy Stites is our guest. She is one of my favorite outdoor writers and prolific award-winning i'm trying to think of other adjectives here but in your day job the the wildlife (laughs) recreation program manager and i know it's near and dear to your heart and i know you've been traveling and learning a lot as this is finally a role that has received priority with professional staffing and your people there all doing a great job what what can people expect to see when they come out to the fair do you guys have a particular presence uh, we have a huge presence, and actually, uh, inside the DNR building, A, it's air-conditioned, which is one of the few air-conditioned buildings on the state fair grounds. So that, if that's not in, uh, in itself enough to come to the building, I don't know what is. But we have a huge draw to the indoor fish. So we have a fish display with large tanks with fish and information about those fish. Um, some iPad learning has been set up in front of those aquariums. We have a couple ponds outside that are small that have larger fish in them that people can view. And then the biggest attraction, well, what I like to think is the biggest attraction, is behind the DNR building we have the fishing pond. And that offers kids uh, ages 5 to 17, or 6 to 17, I'm sorry, an opportunity. Actually, we'll let them fish if they're younger than that. But uh, if they come back to behind the, the DNR building, we offer them an opportunity to catch fish. And a lot of these children, it's the first time they have ever fished in their lives. And we want to really make a good impact on them and show them that fishing isn't hard, it's fun, not to be afraid of the fish. Um, It's an easy thing to do. And if we can get those kids involved and then they in turn get their parents involved, um, that's just more people out on the water, which is what we want. It's important for the state of Indiana I don't, and for uh, Habitat uh, funding to get people out and get them to enjoy the outdoors. Well, you and I have shared many conversations here on Indian Outdoors and privately that, you know, it's it's incumbent upon everybody. It's everybody's issue. It's everybody's priority, or it should be, to get new people to pass it along. And there's so many initiatives that that not only you're leading, but others. And sometimes it's just a simple ask, and you do such a great job, and I'm guilty of the other side of it, saying, sure, I'd love to do that, and then it never happens. But you actually embrace taking new people out, and you've made that something that is selfless on your part and couldn't be a better person for the department to have uh, there with you. Uh, real quick, before we go, because this is hard hitting you know indiana outdoor questioning here because you're out at the fair what is your favorite fair food uh it will always be a corn dog god plain. love you yes <laughs> no ketchup no mustard just a plain corn dog and then i'm happy that's all i need that's the one thing i look forward to food wise and that's about the only thing that i buy at the fair to eat is a corn dog <laughs> god love you and what about the walleye sandwich behind the booth there you had oh, one of those okay so that's yeah okay so i just probably lied to everybody that's listening to this i actually did eat the walleye last year and i will be eating the walleye again this year it is phenomenal and it's really close to the fishing pond so anybody comes through uh, and they no. go fishing that's a great spot and it's kind of hidden away so i'm i'm highlighting one of my favorites so i got the walleye I got a corn dog. You know, this is obscure, but the only place I get a pineapple whip 
is at the Indiana State Fair. Oh, I've State heard that. Yeah, I've heard that's good, too. I've not tried that. And, of course, anything that comes out of the dairy barn, and I'm just kind of eating my way around, but, you know, I've tried <laughs> not to do that uh, this year, so it's going to be an exercise in uh, patience and an exercise in self-control when I get out there with my family and spend some time, which I will. Cindy, anything else for the good of the cause in the very short time that we have left here that we haven't talked about that you want to make sure people are aware of with R3 or the booth or squirrel hunting? No, you know, I think uh, squirrel hunting speaks for itself, or I guess I speak for it, that you just can't beat squirrel hunting. Um, I, I don't mind going out in the fall. I do kind of like to wait till it's a little bit colder. Uh, I want to draw attention to all those people that squirrel hunt and deer hunt when January rolls around and you're in a state of depression because deer season is over. It's the prime opportunity to get out and do some squirrel hunting for another month. It's a long so season. That. There's that. And then also, you know, just I think the R3 program, we're in a growing phase and we're getting ready to go into some strategic planning that's starting in the middle of the month with some national agencies uh, that are going to help help kind of walk us through that. And we just we just want to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do for the right people. You know what I mean? We want to make this better. We want to diversify the outdoors and just make it a welcoming space for anybody that wants to be a part of it. Well, that's called job security for you and me both because we're going to have to have you back. It's always great to visit with you, Cindy. Enjoy the time at the fair, and thanks for all the work that you do on behalf of conservationists and men and women around the state of Indiana. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Brian. It's good talking to you. My pleasure. Happy hunting. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer. We're just kicking this thing off. No better way to do it than when Cindy Stites. Much more to come. We're going to talk about Outdoor Indiana and award-winning Outdoor Indiana when we return. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I am your host, your grateful host, for being here in the Indiana Outdoor Studios. Here we are in August already. I've already admitted that I'm old, and I ask this every day. Where has the time gone? But we're going to have our time here uh, on Saturday and across the state of Indiana. And many thanks to those who are contributors and talking about the Indiana State Fair and the pavilion underway. Great building, air-conditioned. And really nice bathrooms near the walleye sandwich and the good corn dogs. That's all I'm saying. That's what you got to know. As I mentioned, Marty Benson joins me from our Department of Communications or the Division of Communications within the Department of Natural Resources, one of my favorite people. And Marty, first and foremost, uh, have you been to the fair yet? I have. I actually worked there at the information booth yesterday. Greatest fair food. What is your what is what is your what is your go to? Well, mine is a little bit odd, which probably doesn't surprise you. My favorite is rather pedestrian. It is the vanilla soft serve ice cream that is available for three dollars a cup at the FFA building. All right. I love it. I love it. That is the that is I you think of ice cream as being cold, but that is the coldest ice cream I've ever had. All right, I like it. So I'm a corn dog guy. Uh, I'm I'm a pineapple whip guy. The only other place I get pineapple whip is at the Indiana State Fair. No place else. And I love me a walleye sandwich from behind the DNR building there. And I'm telling you, it's all good stuff. But 
we could probably talk about other fair food as I eat my way around from the dairy barn. In the meantime, uh, Outdoor Indiana, one of your great joys and loves, award-winning Outdoor Indiana, just won a new National Conservation Communication Award. Tell me about that. Yes, the organization is the Association for Conservation Information. It's a group of professionals, communications professionals from around the country and Canada who publicize natural resources, work for state agencies like the Indiana DNR. And every year we enter a few of our works in their contest. And this year, an article that I wrote on the French heritage of Indiana called Indiana's French Connection for we older people, that's a reference <laughs> to a really old movie. Good movie, by the um, way. I entered I entered I entered that article in the historical, cultural, and destination category. I've been entering for the last 12 years and never even placed, but this year was pleasantly surprised by getting first place. Well, good and for I you. And I had even forgotten, since I, since I didn't go to the presentation, which was in Lake Tahoe, which I would have liked to have gone, but our photographer, Brent Trinket, did go, and he also took many of the photos for the the story. He did go, and he accepted the award, but I, I frankly had forgotten all about it, and then he emailed me saying that we had won, so I, I was thrilled, and I want to mention that Erin Hyatt, who is our graphic designer for the magazine, she laid out the article and did a great job. That was part of the award, and Frank Oliver, who's since retired from the DNR, provided a decent amount of the photos as well. So it was it was a total team effort and something we're very proud of. Marty Benson joins me. He's a regular and vital part of Indiana Outdoors, even though he doesn't realize it, because I often will work with Marty and the other biologists and uh, expertise and leadership at the Department of Natural Resources, and Marty always helps. But I'm so glad for you, because I know it is a passion. You're such a great writer, and to finally be recognized for your work. But let's talk about the subject at hand real quick, because it's an interesting one. The French connection, as this article is noted, a lot of people probably don't realize it, but then when you start paying attention, like a lot of the cities and towns and places all have kind of French roots. A lot of them do. What'd you learn during this? I learned a ton that I didn't know at all. Uh, of course, everybody knows when you drive around Indiana, you see a few of the obvious French inspired names like Terre Haute or Versailles or um, yeah. even French Lick, of course. Uh, but there are some hidden ones. Even the names South Bend and Portage were influenced by the way the French fur traders used the rivers. Um, and that's what they, that's what those names refer to, even though they are English names. And although most people don't really think about it that much, mainly because of our language, I think, being English, the French were our allies in the American Revolution fighting against the British. 
so they they influenced us in a in various ways far beyond place names and Colby Bartlett, who is works over and leads the Wiatnon uh, preserve over around Laf- West Lafayette, um, he, he turned me on to this idea for this story. So a lot of credit goes to him for it. But um, he, he, the French are French influence is all around, and the initiative that he's working on called the French Corridor, his, French history. History Corridor is all about promoting French-based tourism in Indiana and in the Midwest. I love that, and it's a worthy pursuit. And one of the things I love about outdoor Indiana is there's so much rich culture throughout the state, oftentimes maybe just one level below the surface that people realize exist and i can't tell you how many times throughout a year we'll talk about something and about two or three months after it airs somebody will say hey you were talking about that place or that person or that event that was fantastic and people just don't know about this stuff but outdoor indiana highlights a lot of not only the cultural heritage but also the natural resource heritage that we have told through pictures and great writing from you and other staff but the photography it's one of the best gifts that i've given in the last few years well thanks for the kind words brian and one thing i'd like to point out you said you were going to pay me a hundred bucks if i said something nice is that off the table (laughs) (laughs) i can't can't discuss that yes okay keep going keep going one thing I'd like one thing I'd like to mention for those who go out to the fair if you are not a subscriber yet for Outdoor Indiana or if your subscription has expired we are offering a special deal if you buy a subscription at the fair while supplies last if you buy a subscription for uh, six issues for $15 which is one year or $28 for 12 issues, which is two years, you will be handed the current July-August issue, So you will, and your subscription will start with the next issue. So you will essentially be getting one issue for free. I love and it. And that's while supply lasts, of course, and the place to do that is at Mother Nature's Mercantile at the fair, which has many other great things you can buy while there, too. I love it. Marty, you're always great to visit with me. Very generous with your time. Keep up the great work, the great writing, the great publishing of Outdoor Indiana. Pick it up. Subscribe when you're out there. Thanks for being a part of Indiana Outdoors and go enjoy some vanilla ice cream. (laughs) Thank you, sir. My pleasure. It is the Indiana Outdoors. It is the Indiana Outdoors show and I'm your host. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back right after this. It is Indiana Outdoors. What a beautiful weekend. It's August. Kids are back to school. Blah, blah, blah. Wah, wah, wah. Summer's over, but we're still having fun here on Indiana Outdoors. Squirrel season starts in a couple weeks, and then we're just rolling through to the fall. And it's football is 20, 21 days away, which makes me very happy. My Irish... They haven't yet disappointed me, but the season hasn't started. But there's plenty of time for that. Also brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Great show today, the Indiana State Fair going on. But let's not forget about all those great men and women doing great work and organizations. 
that we highlight, like the National Shooting Sports Foundation. It is Shooting Sports Month. Joining me is Chris Lee, the Director of Government Affairs. Moved back to Indiana, Hoosier native, back in his home state. Chris, to ha- uh, Chris, great to have you be a part of Indiana Outdoors. How you been? I'm doing well. Thanks, thanks for having me. It's great to be back in the Hoosier state. I've missed it. Um, I was only gone for four years, but it felt way too long. So good to be back in Indiana, and, and I, I didn't realize that you were an Irish fan, so go, go Irish. Go Irish. Well, that's where all my money went. I just had a graduate from there. <laughs> And uh, oh, couldn't no. be couldn't be more proud, but uh, yeah, we that that's a whole conversation for a different show. But yes, I'm an Irish fan. They haven't disappointed me yet, but you know, there's plenty of time for that, right? Right. <laughs> so, for the, very quickly, give a commercial for what the NSSF is. Yeah, so NSSF is the trade association for the firearm industry. Um, we've been around since 1961. So about, what is that now, 63 years, 62 years. Um, and NSSF represents, as any trade association does, represents companies. So we represent everything from the big firearm manufacturers, um, like Smith & Wesson and Daniel Defense, um, down to your local um, firearm retailers and, and ranges. Um, so we re- represent about ten to 12,000 firearm companies across the country. And that's one way we're different than most gun owner groups. And we don't represent gun owners. We only represent companies, whereas NRA and groups like them represent gun owners. So we represent the industry. Uh, but our goal is really to promote and protect um, hunting and the shooting sports and um, supporting our industry through that. Um, so that that's how we get here, get to National Shooting Sports Month. Um, it's, a, it's a month where we really, like every month, we really try to support and, and encourage people to participate in their Second Amendment rights and shooting sports, um, but especially this month. So um, just to tell you a little bit of how we, we get people, um, it, you know, involved in this, this occasion, um, we have ranges across the country and, and gun shops across the country that um, partner with us. And most of these are already members of NSSF, but they partner with us in offering promotions and holding special events um, to encourage new gun owners, maybe people that haven't been shooting recently to come back out to the range. Um, like I said, take part in this, this amazing sport um, that is the shooting sports. And um, in addition to that, um, we, of course, me being in government relations, I have to mention, we have a lot of elected officials that get involved in this, this month. So we have 18 governors to this point this year that have um, released proclamations declaring this to be shooting sports month in their state. So Governor Holcomb, I, I went over to the state house and picked up the proclamation for shooting sports month here in Indiana um, earlier this week. We very much appreciate his support of this month. And of course, the first lady here in Indiana is, is very involved in, in the shooting sports and hunting as well. Um, but like I said, this is just one of 18 states so far that have declared this to be shooting sports month. And uh, we expect more to roll in as the month goes on. Indeed, we're visiting with uh our good friends at the National Shooting Sports Foundation, and you guys do such a great job with advocating, and we're under fire. Make no mistake, this is desperate times, and you've got so many organizations. You've got the national government. You've got the president coming out and basically trying to get rid of everything that's been good in our heritage, and you guys have been busy. 
Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's attacks from every side. You know, fortunately here in Indiana, um, we have a friendly state government that respects our rights and, and hunting. But it's certainly not the case at the federal level and in, and in a bunch of states. And you know, talking about these proclamations, so you would think that declaring a month to be shooting sports month, you know, when it's a right that we have to participate in it, um, it's a uh, um, you know, a safe activity for the family. You would think that it, that wouldn't be controversial naming a month shooting sports month. Um, but we actually um, have several governors across the country that, that refuse to even recognize the importance of hunting and shooting for their states. For example, up in Michigan, Governor Whitmer rejected um, the proclamation a few years ago and made it clear that she would never um, recognize the importance of, of shooting force in the state of Michigan. Um, wow. But, and, and, you know, we have that same, no, no, we have the same sort of attitude obviously from the presidential administration right now and and um, it's unfortunate but I do want to say you know like I said this shouldn't be a partisan month right and we, we have had a couple um, Democrat governors like for me um, very close um, from you know to here in Indiana Wisconsin governor of Wisconsin governor Evers um, did declare it to be shooting sports month in Wisconsin as well so it is a bipartisan month shooting sports month is for everyone um, but you're right generally uh, we are facing a lot of attacks and then NSSF is working at the federal and state levels to try to push back on those attacks and I'm happy you know to come back on sometime to talk to you about what we're working on here in Indiana for next session because we have a uh, something that will really uh, something planned that we hope can make it the legislature and would really protect hunters and, and the shooting sports here. Well, I too wish time allowed more today, but know you're going to be regular here on Indiana Outdoors because I do uh, appreciate all the work that you do and keep it up on behalf of Hoosiers and those that you represent. The NSSF, great organization, National Shooting Sports Month, and we're going to continue to highlight it because it's dang good and great fun and safe and all that good stuff. So, Chris, thanks for being a part of Indiana Outdoors. You've been to the Indiana State Fair since you moved back here? I haven't. I need to, I need to make it down there. Um, if I could real quick, can I tell you the website where you're? Yeah, very quickly. Yep. Can, yeah, shootingsportsmonth.org is the website where you can find the events in your area. There's a bunch of events in Indiana listed on there. And then nssf.org is our website. So glad you gave that. And we look forward to having you back here real soon. Be good, my friend. Thank you. My Thank pleasure. You. Great organization. Great guy. The National Shooting Sports Foundation. We're going to be back. It's the Indiana Outdoor Show right after this. What a great program today, Indiana Outdoors. I, your host, Brian Pointer, had so much fun. It's kind of like my little breath of fresh air to start the weekend here. And we're so grateful in year 25 of Indiana Outdoors. Couldn't do it without you and couldn't do it without the great guests that we try to have here each and every week. And this year, well, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the hunting and fishing guide, which is available at the Department of Natural Resources building and filled with information. Of course, you also have the opportunity now to access that online through the updated DNR website, which I'm a big fan of. But it's a highlight this year on squirrel hunting, and that is an, has been an annual rite of passion for so many people, the first opportunity for youngsters to get out and hunt. It's not intimidating. It's not difficult. And especially this time of the year, you're not fighting blizzards and bad weather. But you have leaves and other things. Cindy Stites, one of the state's most 
just one of the most heartfelt uh, squirrel hunters that we have. She also runs the R3 program as a wildlife program coordinator for the Department of Natural Resources. Kicked us off this morning talking about squirrel hunting. Take somebody with you. Find a, a 22 or a 20 gauge and just take a walk through the woods, sit on a lump, watch the world come to life in the woods, nothing better. Marty Benson is a regular here, but you don't know him because I have to work with him and enjoy so much of uh, our time together where he helps me coordinate guests for Indiana Outdoors today. Light has shined upon him as an author of a national award for Outdoor Indiana magazine, one of my favorite periodicals and something that I recommend everybody have great art great photography great articles this one about the indiana french connection very cool and of course the national shooting sports foundation uh chris lee director of government affairs and it is national shooting sports month folks i hope to see you out at the great indiana state fair whatever your fair food might be enjoy each and every minute take your friends take your family and go out and enjoy the department of natural resources pavilion remember turn in a poacher 1-800-TIP-I-D-N-R. Be safe. Be cool. See you at the fair.